Come on, all over the room. Let's sing that this morning. Say, take joy in all you hear. In what? In what you hear. And Lord, let it be. Let it be. Let it be a sweet. Sing, let it be. Sweet sound. Oh, let it be a sweet. Now, come on, let's give God a praise. We know he's going to appreciate this morning. Come on, come on, can we give? Someone just then ask, and just say hallelujah. Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. This morning. Good to the King of Kings in His presence. Amen, amen. To all of our friends, our, our family members, our guests, it truly is great to, to have you here and to, to partner with you to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For just a second, I'm going to read out of Acts chapter number 2. Chapter number 2, and I'm going to start in verse number 37. Follow along in the screen. Verse number 37. The culmination important and most impact has come to this critical point. Peter has a spontaneous word, extemporaneous, spurred on by the Spirit of God. He's told them that there's something powerful that has just taken place. There's something important that has just taken place that is going to change the trajectory of human history. Tells them that this is what has been prophesied by, by Joel, and this is what we're talking about and waiting for. And, and he says that these people aren't drunk like you are talking, that has just happened. So we now find that the culmination of this, this, this important word comes to this. And it says, Now, when they heard this, they were pricked. There was something that was so powerful and impactful and spiritual about what Peter was saying. They were moved in their spirits and pricked in their heart and to the rest of the apostles. What shall we do? You see, that's what happens when we have a true experience with the King of Kings and the Lord. It changes the tenor and the tone of the conversation. No longer is it about criticism, but now I'm asking, what do I do so that I'm a part of what you are doing? So that I'm able to what you are doing. Is there anybody that wants to be part of what Jesus Christ So we find that in verse number 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In verse 39, he continues. No, he says something that I, over the years has not, I, 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 I just can't let it go. He says that is unto you to understand. This of God. That the word, the power of God, this experience that we're having today, it's not just for us to understand the power and the promise and the place of God is for you. Someone needs to begin to speak life over yourself and say, this just because of my experience and the things I've endured, that does not exclude me and preclude me from being able to experience the promise of God. This promise is unto you. But it's not just for you. He speaks to this crowd and says, it's unto your children. Why? Oh, see, I'm about to preach the end of my sermon right now. It says, unto your children. Another version says, your children's children. And all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm going to take my time, I promise. I promise. He always yells at me. I can see it, like he's about to yell at me now. He's about to yell at me. I'm going to take my time. 
for just a minute, I'm going to talk about the promise of the kingdom. Just a minute. The promise of the kingdom. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Some of y'all was like, did you forget? No, I didn't forget. I promise, I didn't forget. Acts chapter 2. Those with a Pentecostal background probably quote all them scriptures from heart. We find that there's something powerful that has taken place. The Lord tells them that I'm about to go. Jesus says, I'm about to go, about to ascend, and I'm going to leave you. But he says, go and gather and wait. I don't know about you, but somebody just tells me to go and wait. That is frustrating. Just give it to me now. What is it, J.G. Wentworth? <laughs> give me my money now. <laughs> right? J.G. Wentworth, 877 cash now. Never mind. See, I'm all off track. I am way off. We find ourselves in a place anticipating something great, being told that something amazing is about to happen. Just wait. But he tells them to wait. And I find it amazing that this small but mighty group trusts the process. They sit in this room and it says that they were in one place and in one accord. And we find that the power of God began to pour out on them. And something shifted. Because no longer was the power and the presence of God. Now every single one of us. Every one of us now has access to the presence of Jehovah. Every one of us now can truly say, no, we don't, we, we don't have to be like David and says, this, this one thing that I desire of the Lord, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't have to be in one spot because the presence of God is now available wherever I am. So Acts chapter number 2, we find in this place that something powerful has taken place. Something amazing has happened. Something glorious and something mighty has really transformed this moment and transformed life moving forward. We find that now the power of God is accessible to everyday people. Broken people beaten people, battered people, sin-filled people, people with position, people with no place, no standing. The power of God is not a respecter of person. It's available to every single one of us. Is there anybody that's ever been grateful for the power of God in your life? Is there anybody that's grateful this morning that can just testify for just a second that, that though I didn't deserve it and, and though I didn't earn it and though I couldn't buy it, I'm so thankful for the power and the presence of God. We find that this is a positive thing. But I want to transition because the other day Sarah and I were driving down the road we're listening to the podcast, and the pod person that could just tag on to anything, doesn't matter, doesn't matter what it is, tag on to anything with something negative. Anybody know people like that? Anybody know somebody that like, that, 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 that there, there's positive and bright things that are happening, and you know, they just have that, that ability, that, that gifting to just turn it all around and make it into something negative? Anybody ever, you know, you go and be like, look at this, I just got a raise, and they'd be like, well, about time. Because you should have got it 13 months ago, but if they wasn't playing games and... Anybody know somebody like that? Right? You're like, ooh, listen, I just got this new car. Well, you know how much it's going to take to upkeep that thing. You know you ain't keeping nothing nice, you know. Anybody know somebody like that? Now, what I, listen, church, I need y'all to stop pointing at people in the church, okay? Don't do that. Don't do that. Once we dismiss, you can walk them on out, you can tell them about themselves, and then you can run. Don't do me like that, okay? Don't do them like that. 
But we find that there are people that we, we, we are connected to that have this unique ability to take something that's beautiful and powerful and turn it into something that's negative. I want to dig into Exodus chapter 17. I'm going to spend the bulk of, of this message today in Exodus chapter number 17. We find in verse, 17, or in verse number 1 of, of, of Exodus chapter number 17, it says that all the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin. And, and when it talks about the wilderness of sin, it's not talking about those that are sinners. It really is talking about the wilderness that is connected to Sinai. Okay? So this is not just like some, like, like a, a place where they're saying, oh, this is where the sinners are. No, that's not what it's saying. Those that are connected to the Mount of Sinai, he says, they move from stages according to the commandment of the Lord. We find that the children of Israel have, have, have moved out of bondage and captivity. They've, they've, they've escaped the, the, the slavery that they were in by the power of God. They have, they've moved through the Red Sea by the power of God. They've, they've endured some stuff. They've gotten manna from heaven by the power of God. And we find that now they're moving into the next stage and the next phase of their journey again by the power and the commandment of the Lord. And it says, and they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. They're thirsty. And in verse number two, it says, Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? And why do you test the Lord? You see, these are people that have endured and they know what it's like to be in bondage. They know what it's like to be beaten. They, they know what it's like to starve. They, they know what it's like to be kept captive. They, they know what it's like to have the brutality of humanity bearing over them. They know what it's like, but, but now they're living in victory. Now they're living in freedom. But we find that they took this positive experience and turned it into something negative. You see, but the thing is, God showed himself powerful and mighty on their behalf multiple times. We see that if you read through, this is the third time. And Moses is getting tired. He's like, y'all testing me. Y'all playing games with me. Y'all did this before. Talking about the water was too bitter. So we got you some sweet water. Okay? Then, y'all over here crying and whining because y'all ain't got no good food. So I got you some manna from heaven. Straight from heaven. Y'all want to come to me again? Why are you quarreling with me again? Why are you testing? Hasn't he shown himself mighty and strong and powerful and able? And he's going to get you. He got us through all of that. You want to come? It says, but the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Isn't it amazing how quickly our perspective changes when we find ourselves in a hard spot? Isn't it, isn't it amazing how it's a quick transition? How good bondage looks when life gets a little difficult? How good captivity looks when things get a little difficult? How comfortable chains and shackles are when we're faced with the uncertainty of the present? How quickly things change, anybody? Why did you take us out of bondage? Why did you set us free from slavery? Why did you stop them from beating us and killing us and taking us? Why did you stop that? Just to bring us out here into freedom? so that then we can die out here? So Moses cried to the Lord. Pastor, I'm thankful that when I come and cry to you, why do you do this to me? You cry to the Lord. Because you could yell at me. Well, he do yell at me. Just when I don't take my time, when I try and go too fast. 
But when we go, I am so thankful that you go to the Lord, that you are looking to the Lord for our answers, that you are leading us and guiding us by the power and the presence and the voice of God. So Moses cried to the Lord. He says, what shall I do with these people? <laughs> what am I going to do with them? Any parents ever pray that prayer? <laughs> Adam Shekinah, <laughs> we're going to pray with you. <laughs> we got you. What are we going to do with them? <laughs> They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people taking with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff which you struck the Nile and go. And said, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb and you shall strike the rock and water shall come out of it and the people will drink and Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel because they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord among us or not? I'm so grateful that even in our deficiency, even when I don't have it all together, even when I question and I quarrel and I struggle and I don't have the answer, even when my perspective shifts so much and I look back and I say, ooh, that looked nice, God still stands before me. God still makes a way for me. God still opens doors for me. That God still operates in an amazing way for me. You see, because it's easy for us when life gets hard, when we feel wronged and when we feel deceived and when things don't turn out the way we want them to, it's easy for us to grumble, to gripe. It's easy for us to get frustrated and, 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 and angry when we feel things aren't going right. You see, I grew up in a very Christian home. I put emphasis on very. It's very Christian. And my mom, who she's not here, don't nobody, if she's online, kick her off. My mom was so strict. She was so strict. She wouldn't let us do nothing. There was nothing that was available to us. There was nothing. Absolutely, we could do absolutely nothing. You know, we would go and be like, Mom, it's not fair. Everybody else. She'd be like, oh, definitely not up in this house. <laughs> they can do that craziness in their house, but not in this house. And it was frustrating. Because we had bedtimes, and we had to sit at the table and eat, and we had to have manners, and we'd do all this stuff. And my friends didn't have to do that. Didn't have to do none of it. And I was so frustrated for so many years of my childhood. Brother Carl, when I get older, anybody ever said that? When I get older, and you do it with that thing in your neck, when I get older, now if I do it, my neck gonna fall off. Like, I don't know if y'all felt hurt it, but it popped. <laughs> that boy just popped. <laughs> But when I get older, but now that I am older, I was telling Sarah, now that I am older, I look back and I say, thank you, God. Thank you. Because what you wouldn't let me do when I was younger and what I saw as you prohibiting me from living my best life kept me from things that would have destroyed my ability to live my best life right now. So what it requires is for us to look with present mentality and our, 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 our right now mentality, give it to me right now, I want it right now. 
but for us to look at the problems and the struggles and the things that we are enduring right now, it takes us a little bit of maturity to understand that there is a reason and a rationale for the moment that we're in, that this is not to defeat me, this is not to overcome me, this is not to break me, this is not to destroy me, but there is something that God is trying to build in me, not just for right now, but for my future. But it requires us as children of God to grow up a little bit in our maturity and understand that if he be for me, there is nothing that can be against me that God is still able to do. So what happens is we are confronted with issues and problems and we see them as just that. But what God is trying for us to understand is that there is something that is bigger that is working on our behalf. And so it's not just what is happening right now in the moment. It's not just, oh, poor me, look at what I haven't been able to do. Look at what has been taken from me. Look at what I have to go through. But somebody needs to just take a second in their maturity and understand that God has done some things for you. Yes, there may be some things that you don't have yet because Paul says, listen, I'm not telling you this because I've obtained it all. But you know what? I am pressing forward towards the mark of the high calling. Somebody's got to be grateful today that God has given you some things to press forward to, that God has given you some things to aspire to, that God has given you the strength and the ability. Somebody just needs to take a minute in your problem and say thanks be to God because if it had not been for him on my side, Y'all wasn't ready. <laughs> Whew. I'm only on page two. Let me hurry this on up. Let me, oh, but let me tell you, there are some of us that even we're facing problems, even though we're facing struggles, even though there are things that have been taken from us, even though we've endured hardship and trials, but some of us need to understand that you still have your mind intact today. So someone needs to say, thank you, Lord. Someone needs to say, you know what? I've been through some things, but I still have victory. Someone needs to say, thank you, Lord. Someone needs to say, you know what? My family has endured, but we are still here. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, I may be broken. I may be battered, but I'm still standing. Thank you, Lord. Can, can you do me something? Can somebody that's, that's endured some things but still made it on the other side take just a second, put your hands together and give God a praise that he's worthy of? Can you just take a second this morning and testify with your hands and with your voice and just say thank you, Lord, if you've ever been through and Hallelujah. We find that the Lord told Moses, I understand you're frustrated. I get it. I get that they're not doing what they're supposed to do. They're grumbling and griping about you, spreading lies and getting worked up towards you. I understand. He said, but they're also doing it against me. So here's what we're going to do told them to take the, the rod, go before them, take that rod and hit the rock. And I find that interesting because as they're running for their lives from Egypt, the Lord told them to take the rod and stretch it out. And as he stretched it out, a way was made in the middle of a, a body of water that they were walking on dry ground. And not only that, but then it closed up and it destroyed the very army that was coming against them. So he told them, take this rod that symbolizes the power that I hold. Don't stretch it out this time but do something new with it. There are some of you that are looking in the face of trials and circumstances and things, and God is trying to tell you, 
I understand where you are. I understand there's some things that you're enduring that aren't, that, that, that aren't fair, that aren't fun. But he's calling you to do something that may look a little strange, that may make you uncomfortable, that may be a little new to you. He's calling you to operate in a way that may be different than what you did before, but that's okay. Because just because he did it differently before, and he's calling you to do something differently today, there is something that is still the same yesterday and today. Just because the process looks different, he, he said stretch it out, but, but this time strike something. It looks different from yesterday. It, 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 it operates a little different. It sounds a little different. It feels a little different. Well, well, don't you want me to stretch it out? No, I'm not asking you to stretch it out because I don't want you to get stuck on the process. I want you to get stuck on who has told you to do the process. I don't want you to get stuck on just one method. I want you to get stuck on the thing that's behind the method. Some of you need to understand that it's not about the process but it's about the power of God that is undergirding all of the things that we do in him we live we move we have our being so everything we do is spurred on not by the process but by the power of God so some of us are being asked to step out in some ways that we've never had to do before question to you is has God spoken to you to do this thing and if the answer is yes go ahead and do it because there's going to be something powerful that is in it there's something amazing that is in it there's something everlasting that is in it so we find that he strikes the stone and the water comes out and they rejoice we don't hear anybody else complain. But it says immediately then, go to verse number eight. It says, then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. God had commissioned them and called them to move to this new place. They whined and complained. God showed himself might. Now we find that they are being faced with a new struggle, a new trial, a new issue, a new battle. In verse number nine, it says, So Moses said to Joshua, Choose for us some men and go and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Y'all. Verse number 10, it says, So Joshua did as Moses told him, and he fought with uh, Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And in verse 11, it says, Whenever Moses held up his hands, someone remind me, what did he say that he was going to have in his hands? He said he'd have the staffs. So when Moses held up his hands, it says that Israel prevailed. When he lowered his hands, Amalek prevailed. When he raised his hands, when the power of God was raised up, victory was assured. When his hands went down, depended upon only themselves, defeat was immediate.
there's some households that need to hear this today. Some of us are trying to figure out why are we not winning? Why have we not moved forward? Why are we not progressing? God, we just came through something and I'm fighting another battle and I feel like I'm drowning. Let me ask you, when's the last time you raised your hands? When's the last time you raised your hands over your children? When's the last time you raised your hands over your spouse? When's the last time you raised your hands over your health? When's the last time you took the power of God and spoke life over your neighbor? Someone needs to hear today that one day God told Moses to reach it out. The next day he told Moses to strike. This third time he tells him to raise his hand. It's not about the rod. It's not about the motion. But it's about someone being willing to hear the voice of God. It's about someone being willing to operate in the Spirit. Oh, church. Please have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. There are some of us that God is trying to call you to victory, but defeat has been immediate because it's not by power. It's not by might. Come on, somebody. Some of us, we've been trying to plow through, and I know what it's like to plow through, but I can only plow so long. I can only slog so long. I can only fight so long until one day I can't fight anymore. But if I fight alongside the power of God, there is nothing that is impossible. If I'm continuing to stand in the presence and the power of Jesus Christ, there is nothing that is impossible. I'll be able to win. Not Why? Not because of me. Not because of my strength. Because my strength, my righteousness is as filthy rags. But he says then my grace is sufficient for you. And someone needs to understand that he is still sufficient for you. So hear me. We find that when he raised his hands, Joshua and the men prevailed. But in verse 12, it says, but Moses' hands grew weary. Anybody ever been there? Anybody doing what you're supposed to do? Anybody ever been through the fight and you're just doing, you're just holding on, but you grew tired? Anybody ever been there? Dan, you preach this. You ever been there? And so, so they took a stone and they put it under him and they sat on it while Aaron and, and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And verse number 13, and it says, And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek, Amalek and his people with the sword. Moses grew weary. So Aaron and her came to bolster Moses. Moses grew tired. So Aaron and her come to help out Moses. Moses is, is working hard and Moses is fighting through and Moses is trying his best and Moses, but Moses grows weary. And Aaron comes on one side, 
Moses, I'm not going to let you falter. I'm not going to let you. It's not over, Moses. I've, I've got you. Her comes on the other side and says, Moses, bro, we're in this together. Moses, I'm, 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 I'm right here with you. Moses, I'm, 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 I've got your back. Moses, we're going to do this thing. Moses. Go back to verse 12. It says, so Aaron and, and her held up the arms of Moses. They're working on Moses. They're helping out Moses. They're, 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 they're servicing Moses. They're out here supporting Moses. They're, they're giving, they're pouring into Moses. And that's important. Pineview Church, I hope you pray for our pastor every day. Pineview Church, I hope that you spend time every single day. God, I know it's difficult, Moses, but you're not in this alone, Moses. We love you, Moses. We're going to make it, Moses. You're important to us, Moses. Somebody needs to understand that God has given us a Moses that is doing his best to lead us into where God is calling us to. And so it's our responsibility that when he grows weary and when he grows tired and when the enemy comes in like a flood, there's someone, Terrence, that is going to come and say, Moses, you're not in this alone. Moses, you're not fighting alone. Your family's not in this alone. But we are right here with you, Moses. He didn't even pay me to say that. But here's what I need us to understand. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. But I need somebody to pray because this is about to... I'm, somebody. Pastor, come up. Come up here. Brother Carl, I need you. Will you come help me? You could, yeah, you get to be... You get to be yeah. You get to be her. Y'all come up here. So this is Moses. You get to be in the middle. Don't serve me up like that. Don't do me like that. So this is Moses. Aaron, you're going to hold him up. Focusing on Moses. Help him out. Her. Help Moses out. Help Moses out. You see, Aaron and her are focused on Moses. They are working hard to make sure that Moses stays steady. That's what it says. So his hands were steady. Make sure he makes it through the day. Care for him. That God is back. He is not alone. He is not by himself. He is standing strong because Aaron and her. But in verse 13, it says, And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek. You see, Aaron and her were focused on Moses, but on their focus on brought victory for Joshua. Some of us need to understand that when I'm fighting for Moses, when I'm fighting for someone else, when I see someone else struggling, when I see someone else fighting, when I see someone else weary, when I see and I come across and I come beside them and say, listen, I've got you. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm here for you. Yes. I, you're not on this on your... When, when I do everything I can to hold them up just so they can make it another day, unbeknownst to me, God is doing something powerful that I don't even realize. I'm not focused on Joshua. I'm not focused on what's going on out there. I'm focused on Moses. But God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. And so as I'm working on Moses, God is working on Moses. God is working on her. God is working on Aaron. But God is bringing victory for Joshua. Somebody needs to understand that my blessing to Moses is bringing victory to someone else. There needs to be an understanding that my blessing is not just for Moses, but my blessing brings victory.
Y'all can put his arms down, but you got to stay here. Okay. Hear me. I'm almost done. But you told me to take my time, so I'm almost done. Let me tell you, I need someone to understand this. I need someone to understand this. Exodus chapter 17. This is the first instance where we ever hear about Joshua. Joshua does not make an appearance in scripture before this. We know nothing about Joshua before this. We don't know his origin story. We don't know all the steps that led up to, to this moment when Moses says, okay, go choose the men. We don't know that. We know what's to come. We know this is the one that God chose to lead the, 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 children, and the children of Israel to the promised land. We know this is the one that stood with the others and, and said, you know what, I know that y'all are seeing giants, but I see them, they're just small. They're, we're, this, they're, this is, we're able to go do this. We're able to, he was able to see victory where others saw defeat. Like we know that is to come, but we don't know what happened. So this is the first in, in inclination that there's something special about Joshua. So we find this, that they raise their hands, and Joshua, Victory is available. And in verse number 14, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, The Lord tells Moses, He says, Write this down. Moses, what just happened? Me taking the rod and striking the water, the, the rock and getting water. You growing weary and tired and and, 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 and your humanity failing, but these people coming and, and bolstering you. Right. And this victory that was never assured, because every time my power was dropped, they lost. But when you raised your hand and you held on and you depended on, upon the power of God, victory prevailed. He says, write it all down. He says, write it all in the book. Put it all down on pen and paper. But then he says, and recite it in the years of Joshua. You see, because you're going to write it down, done for you. I want you to memorialize what I've done for you, Moses. I want you to remember, Moses, what I've done for you. So you write it down, put it in a memory book, write that down, because this promise was for you. This promise, the power of this moment, it was for you, Moses. There's something incredible that took place, and Moses, it was for you. So I want you to write it down. Do not forget it. Anybody that knows, like, you know, you've ever taught, there's, there, there's something that is linked between writing and memory. When you write it down, you have a greater chance of remembering. So Moses, write it down. Because this victory right here is for you. Write it down, Moses. Because what just transpired, I don't want you to ever forget it. I want you to be able to go back and look at it. I want you to go back and say, oh, that was nice. That was good. That was good. That was good. I want you to remember, Moses, where you were. They were about to stone you, Moses. They were ready to drop Moses. Defeat was on the horizon, Moses. But look at what I've done for you. Someone in here needs to take inventory of what God has done for you. Somebody needs to just take a minute and just remember. Some of you, I would implore, you need to write it on down. You need to look and say, wow. 
God was in that moment and wow, I would never have made it through that moment and look at this, look at what he did. Look at that. And remember what God has done for you. Because Terrence, this promise is unto you. This promise, his word is for you. His deliverance is for you. His peace is for you. His joy, it's for you. The hope of glory, it's for you. His victory, it's for you. It's for you. Somebody needs to take just a second and write it down to remember. Listen, I have been through the fire. I have been through the floods. I've been shipwrecked. I've been beaten. I've been forsaken. I've been lied on. But God brought me through every single step of the way. So write it down, Moses, so you don't forget. Because we know how quickly and how fickle our humanity is. Because if we don't remember, it could very well be us who turns a positive into a negative, who grumbles and gripes, when so quickly Freedom looks like bondage. So write it down, Moses. But Moses, don't just write it down. Because Moses, this promise isn't just unto you. It is for you. But recite it in the years of Joshua. Because what he's done for you, what he's brought about in your life, the battle and the struggle and the, the fight that you've endured today is not just to bring victory and wholeness for you, Moses. But there's going to come a day when Joshua is going to fight, be in the fight of his life. There's going to come a day, Moses, when Joshua is going to be in the fight of his life. And his victory tomorrow is based on what you tell him today. Singletary family, I give honor to you because what you're doing today is reciting to this baby. You are speaking things over this baby that is going to bring about victory in her future because of what you're saying to her today. Moms, dads, don't stop speaking life. Moms, dads, grandpas, grandmas, aunties, uncles, neighbors, continue to speak about the victory that you wrote down today. Because it is for you. There are some of you that have endured, that you have fought, you have battled, and you are standing here as a testament to the grace and the mercy of God. And you should shout about it. Because the victory, the promise, is unto you. But Brother Carl, it's not just for you.
this victory is not, this promise of the kingdom is just not unto you, but it's unto your children and your children's children and all of them that are far off. So someone better start reciting the victories and the promises and the power of God. Because that's the promise. Hear me. Joshua heard the voice of Moses. Joshua, did you, did you see how tired I was, Joshua? I got wobbly there, Joshua. I was tired. I was thirsty. Joshua, I failed a little bit. I stumbled. Joshua, I didn't get it all right. Joshua, I didn't have all the strength. Joshua, I didn't do it all. I didn't do it all the, the, the right way, but, but, but Joshua, God still kept me. Joshua, God showed himself mighty in my life. Joshua, when I was on the brink of divorce, God brought us back together. Joshua, when my business was going under, God blessed us. We kept praying and we had to pray. I, we had, I went to the pastor and I asked the pastor to pray. I asked the pastor to come to the business and pray. And you know what? Joshua, God made a way for me. Joshua, God did incredible things. Joshua, let me tell you, I was in the hospital. My body was broken. But you know what? There's some people from the church that came and prayed for me. Joshua, the doctor gave me a debilitating uh, diagnosis. But I showed up on a Saturday morning, and there's some women and some men that came and surrounded me, and they prayed, and I went back, and they told me that I was free, Joshua. They told me that I didn't have that no more, Joshua. They told me that I was healed, Joshua. That's what they told me. This is what it means to recite it in the years of Joshua. It's so easy to recite the ugliness. It's so easy to lean back on the pain of the present. But somebody needs to take a minute in your spiritual maturity and realize that you're not here just fighting for your present. This promise isn't just unto you. But it's unto your children and your children's children and all of those that are far off. And when we say those that are far off, we think like our grandchildren or our great-great-grandchildren. That's not what they're talking about. It's all of those that are lost. He's actually talking about all of those that weren't even a part of it, the Gentiles. Those that, were old, that, that, that hadn't even been opened up to yet. Some of us, some of y'all want deliverance. You want to see revival in your family? Start reciting what God is doing in your life. Some of you want to fulfill the call of God on your life and you want to transform your neighborhood. As you're taking a walk, how about you instead of, oh, my knees hurt, my back hurts, oh, this was a long day, oh, my boss is terrible. How about you start reciting the goodness of God? How about you just take a second and say, Moses, I know I'm focused, but I need to, there's some victory that is about to come. Not for me, but for Joshua. Because then, if we go far out, Moses is gone, Aaron, you gone, hers gone, all of them is gone. But guess who's there? Joshua. It's Joshua's turn to face a fight. And Joshua does something that is interesting. Go to verse number, I don't know, go to verse number one. She's about to be mad at me. If I don't make it back, it's because Sarah did something to me. She's about to be mad. Verse number one. We find that Joshua does something that's interesting. Joshua then begins to recite 
all the things that the people of Israel have endured. He begins to recite all the stuff that they fought through, all the stuff. It says now Joshua gathered all the people together and called to the elders of Israel and their heads and their judges and their officers and they, they presented themselves before God in verse number two. And it says, And Joshua said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old times. He begins to tell them about what has taken place. He says, the father of Abraham and the son of Nahor, and they served other gods. And in verse number three, and it says, and, and I took your father Abraham from the other side of the, the flood and led him through the land of Canaan. So he begins to go through this whole process. He begins to recite some things. Verse number four, and I gave unto Isaac and Jacob and Esau, and he keeps going and going to Now you can hit verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods of their fathers and, 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 and the ones that they served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and, and serve your the Lord. Pastor, you talked about this last week. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether it's the gods which your fathers served and that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. Verse number 16 or 15. But as for me and my house, But I want you to witness something. He says, as for me. Why? Because this promise is unto me. This victory is unto me. This joy is unto me. But he understood because Aaron and her we're fighting for Moses and somehow some way understood that their fight for Moses brought about victory for someone else says not just me but as for me and my house because this promise is unto you and your children and those that are far off even as far as the Lord our God shall call Hear me. Some of us need to understand that this kingdom that the Lord is building, it's not just for me. It's not just for you, Moses. It's not just for you, Joshua. It's not just for you, Brother Carl. But it's unto your children. So it's your duty to recite some things. Because that's what Moses did to Joshua. Moses shared some things with Joshua. So that one day Joshua could stand in front and say, listen y'all, let me tell you some things. Let me tell you what victory looks like. Let me tell you what joy looks like. Let me tell you what hope looks like. Joshua never gets to the place where he's able to say, ask for me in my house, if Moses doesn't do his job. We need some of you that are mature in the spirit to begin to recite some things. We need some of you because this promise God has given you you are living and operating in the promise. But it's not just for you. It's unto our children. As for me and my house. 
But understand this, your house isn't just your physical house. It's not just your physical home, but it's the place where you reside. Your office, that could be your house. Are you declaring in that house that we're going to serve the Lord? Your neighborhood, that could be your house. Somebody here today needs to understand that the promise of the kingdom is unto you. Victory is available to you. As our worship team comes and as we stand, As our worship team comes and my helpers go down, can we give them a hand? Struggle being up here. There are some of you that need to speak life over yourself. Some of you today need to speak victory over yourself. Some of you are feeling weary and weary and well-doing. So today is an opportunity for you to just step out in faith, knowing this, that there are some in this room that are gonna come beside you and say, it's not done today. I've got you. I'm gonna grab a hold of the power of God alongside you. I'm gonna grab a hold of the kingdom of heaven alongside of you because you're going to make it through. There are some of you that are living in victory. You are living in the promise of the kingdom, that you are the head and not the tail, that you are mighty in battle. You are living proof that the power of God is still alive and well. You've endured some things, you've fought through some things, you've struggled through some things, you've come out on the other side, and you are saying, thanks be unto God. But your job's not over yet. Because it's not just for you. But you're going to look, and you need to begin to recite some things to Joshua. You can grow up, you can mature in holiness, righteousness. You're gonna fall, it's okay. Because rejoice not against me, O mine enemies, for when I fall, I will rise. Speaking life brings victory to Joshua's future. There are some Joshua's in this room. There's some Joshua's that you are looking and you're like, you know what? I feel something. I don't know what it is yet, but I feel something. I'm going to invite you to come today. And you may not know what to do, but look around. Do what some of these Moseses are doing. Look around. There's some young couples in here. Y'all are some Joshua's trying to figure out how do we make it? How do we endure? How do we survive? How do we stay together for 36 years? There's some young parents that are trying to figure out how do I raise my kids in a godly home? How do I raise them so that they stay strong and mighty and they know that God, how do we do it? Look for some Moseses. Go and tap them on the shoulder and say, how do you do it? Ask them to pray with you at the altar. How do you do it? And they're going to recite some things to you. Because this promise is unto you and your children. 
those are for all. But then know that you have a responsibility as well. So as they say, I'm going to invite you to come. I, I didn't mean to stop you. You could have come whenever. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. But I'm going to invite you to come. If you're a guest, a friend, a, a family member, you feel welcome to come or stay. We're happy to pray with you or pray for you from a distance, however you would like. But this morning, the power of God is here. The promise of the kingdom is here. The promise that is unto you, that is for you, that is for your children, that is for your home, that is for your family, that is for your neighborhood, that is for you. But it's all those that we're connected to. So I'm going to invite you to engage with that promise today and watch the power of God do something incredible and new in your life. God bless you as you come. I'm happy to pray with you. I know pastor's here as well. But watch God do something incredible in your life. God bless you this morning.